Check, check. One, two. Guess who's back? Yeah, buddy. It's your friend Simon Soul here at the Simon's Valley Trip Podcast. Coming with episode uh, four. Which is going to be called, and it's in honor to Chris Cornell and also Chester Bennington. And we're going to be talking about depression and uh, certain or very important aspects of or about depression. When we heard about the news of Chris Cornell, of course, we were super shocked about Chris committing suicide, hanging himself due to a supposed, we can call concealed depression, which is that depression which you don't show what you're suffering, what you're going through. You just fake it with a smile, I guess. And for Chris, maybe his escape was working always so hard on his music from his days with uh, Soundgarden, Temple of the Dog. After that, with Audio Slave, his solo career, songs for uh, soundtracks, getting involved in uh, different projects. And also uh, Chester uh, with Linkin Park, STP, and he had a few solo projects also in which he was singing. Uh, Chester was also uh, a guitar player. So these guys probably found in being workaholics the only way to to get away from that depression, not show it, and just focus on that, man, to kick that sadness away and everything that they were feeling. So that's why probably it became as such a huge surprise, whereas with Kurt Cobain, Amy Winehouse, Lane Stanley, even Scott Whalen, it wasn't a big surprise for people around the world, for his fans and people that followed them, that they had passed and that it it had to do with drug use or drug abuse because we knew it was very public, their struggle with drug addiction, with substance abuse, and with depression. But with Chris and Chester, it was never known. The only thing that was very public was that Chris had a problem with alcohol. He did drink heavily, especially during the first years of that grunge surge during the 90s, and he was very public about it. Chester also mentioned in lots of radio interviews that due to his past, his sexual abuse, and all the problems that he suffered while he was growing up because he was bullied, he did become a drug addict. And he, he said it in several interviews, like, no wonder why I'm such a fucking drug addict and I drink so much and everything. But depression wasn't very public or it's not till now 
that certain interviews that Chester did, especially when people say, you know, he was crying for help, he was telling the world that he was suffering, but nobody paid attention or nobody ever thought that a guy like him that handled himself in such a happy, serene way would go uh, like that, hanging himself. And Chester doing it on what would have been Chris's 53rd birthday, Chester being 41. Two extremely talented young men that we are going to lose forever. Like Jerry Contrell said, it will never make sense and it will never go away. It will never stop hurting. We will never understand why that happened. And I think we will never come to grips with that. Like I said, with other artists, we were just kind of like waiting always knowing that one day it could it could just happen just like it happened with Lane with Kurt with Amy it was just a matter of time same with Scott Waylon but once again Chris and Chester super super surprising and now one of the things that bothers me the most is how a lot of people use social media and their reach or their following just to create these new conspiracy theories now about Chris and Chester being murdered, all this Illuminati crazy fucking talk, the pictures of Chris having a wound on the back of his head the day of the, the last show in Detroit, all this craziness about Chester being John Podesta's bastard son and knowing that Podesta and other guys were running this uh, sex trafficking ring and sex expo uh, child abuse ring and that's why he ends up being murdered a lot of controversies or just bullshit that people are starting uh, regarding Chris's death about his shirt being torn about his nine fractured ribs about having blood on his mouth we will never know what happened that instant when they just decided to check out. We will never know what happened. They they took that with them, and we were ne we will never be certain what happened. The only thing that we're certain is that there we're going to miss them. We're going to miss their talent. We're going to miss how they were able to touch our lives to inspire us and in a lot of cases to even veer us off from committing suicide from harming ourselves or from being depressed the other thing that people love to do on social media is to just point at point out how when somebody especially a celebrity dies people that post about it or are sympathetic about it or have empathy towards the act and of course our suffering because we were fans and whatnot they say that we're making it about us like if i post something about chris about hurting and being sad because chris cornell died i'm making it about me a lot of people that are posting these kind of negative comments i can tell that after they comment that 
they themselves identify as people that suffer from depression and say like, oh, I go through depression, I've been suffering from depression all my life and I just go through it, you know, I, I just find a way to fucking manage through it. So now that's where the flip comes. It's not us, the ones that really are suffering because we lost somebody that we admired and inspired us and kept us going, especially for me as a musician and as a music fan. These people are making it all about them. They're the ones that want to like open up and say, oh yeah, I have depression, but no big deal. I just fucking kick it out however I can or whenever I want and I just keep going and when it comes back, I just fucking do what I have to do. Well, congratulations to you if you can live like that. But there are a lot of people that can't. There are a lot of people that conceal it and a lot of people that end up taking their lives. A lot of people that are dealing with it or treating it with medication, which is one of the worst things that you can do because those medications just like zombie you out and totally alter your personality and your brain chemistry which it is kind of like their target to bring the brain chemistry to a to a normal level because that's how depression occurs for people out there there are total dicks to their friends and the people that come out crying out for help saying that they're depressed and as a so-called friend you just tell them oh all you need to do is get out let's go out let's get fucking drunk all you need is you need you just need fucking pussy dude come on you're not depressed you're just sad you're just whatever well guess what no people have chemical imbalances in their brains and they can't fucking control that shit so they need coping mechanisms a lot of people just go straight to a medical doctor and get medication a lot of people don't know alternative treatments a lot of people don't know what to do and a lot of people just don't have the courage to come out and say it so if you can talk about it so nonchalant on a facebook or instagram post and say oh this is bullshit yeah the guy hung himself big fucking deal i suffer with depression and I have depression and I just kick it out uh, whenever it hits me. No biggie. I just keep going on with my life. Well, good for you. But other people can't. And I think that's when real friends have to approach. And I always, I'm always getting messages and people asking me, does you think yoga can help with depression? You think meditation will help me out? And yes, it can. And even if it doesn't help you, why not fucking try it? Why not give it a chance instead of being medicated, sedated all the fucking time? And acting or being someone that it's not you. What you have to do with depression is try to be yourself. And when, we, when I say try to be yourself, we want to go back to those days when we can remember being happy, smiling, being childish, being playful, being just... A fucking happy song, walking around, jumping around in the playground. And meditation does help. There's a lot of alternative treatments for depression. And I can name just three that I think are the best. One, medical marijuana. Two, yoga meditation. Three, 
physical activity as in join a gym, go to a boot camp, go to a CrossFit gym and start kicking your ass. Start kicking yourself in the ass, pushing yourself and get all those endorphin showers released from your brain after you do that. And that will help you cope with depression big, big time. I have people that have come to my yoga classes, whether it's my private classes here at my house or at the gyms where I teach, and they always tell me, like, man, this really helps. I have a couple of friends that are kind of going through the same, but they don't want to try it. What can I tell them to encourage them? It doesn't have to be yoga, and I, I don't want this to sound like this is just me trying to advertise my practice or anything. It can be another physical activity. Go out for a hike. Buy a bike and start fucking pedaling. Join a gym. Try meditation on your own. You don't have to pay someone for meditation if you want to because you need the support or it's easier for you to remain focused because someone is there with you. That's fine. Then join a yoga studio or come contact me and we can set up sessions. But you can just sit on your house five minutes when you wake up five minutes after lunch or throughout the the half of your day and then five minutes before you go to sleep just in silence quiet your mind focusing on your breath and you know just letting go letting go of of everything try to just close your ears to everything that happens outside the doors of your room or of your house and just breathe in and breathe out count your breaths maybe some sometimes just counting or listening to our breath we can create that isolation of the mind that we need from the the outer world to not bug us anymore and we can just keep going and believe me you're going to feel so much better you don't have money to join a gym you don't have time Wake up and kick yourself with as many push-ups as you can do before you hit the shower, before you get ready for work or for school. And believe me, that's going to get you pumping through the day. Endorphins are going to be rushing through your body. You're going to feel good. You start feeling down, feel like you're getting a crash, fucking get down and do 30, 50 push-ups in the, uh, right in the middle of the day, at school, at work, wherever you can. And... For medical marijuana, I'm I'm not advertising this either because I, you know, love cannabis, but because I know it's true. I know it helps. And I can tell you for personal experiences, when I went through sad, depressive moments of my life and I was pretty sure that I was suffering from depression and I drank, it only got worse. It only got worse. And when I totally cut the social stigma of weed being, oh, let's just smoke and watch South Park and fucking eat as many McChickens as you can. And I really started focusing on reading and trying to discover like what is going on in my mind with meditation, with yoga, reading, watching interesting documentaries. I gave, it's like I gave weed a second chance in my life after college and the fucking gates just open to a lot, a lot more things. 
and the other thing that we need it's a strong strong social support if you feel that you're depressed and you go tell a friend i think i'm depressed i don't know what's going on and um they they don't tell you like oh let's sit down and let's talk let's see what's going on what are you feeling they just tell you something like you know like i said before like dude you're not depressed all you need is to get laid or let's get drunk or whatever that's the kind of social support that you don't need and you need to change because remember friends you can pick your friends you can pick who your friend in and who you're teaming up with your family you can't you can't pick your family but your friends you can totally do and your family will always be there to support you so outside of your family look for friends that are positive that are high energy that like to work out or like to do yoga like to go on hikes meditate this and that and that will keep you off that terrible terrible dark place that is depression going back to chris and chester one of the the hardest things to imagine because social media and a lot of people of course go out and backlash there's this big social media backlash to the event or the empathy that people the the empathy outpour that people show saying oh well you're just glorifying a selfish drug addict whatever a guy that didn't even think about his family about his kids and it's very crazy because if you think about this guy's more than and i hate the term rock star but more than rock stars or famous musicians that had millions of fans around the world they were husbands they had beautiful loving wives they had tons of friends and support and family they were parents they were fathers chris had three kids and chester had six kids and everybody just points at how selfish can you be that you can't think about your kids when you're doing this you can't think about your wife you can think about your parents your family your friends when you're doing this my thought is can you imagine how dark the place that they were in for them to do that and to think that with them being gone their kids will actually be better their wives and their family will actually have a better life without them around that's how fucked up and deep depression is that's how dark and scary depression is it's not that they were so selfish and they were like oh if they like me and love me now imagine how fucking beloved and missed and everything i'm gonna be when i'm gone i don't think that people like chris or chester or anybody that commits suicide thinks about that or thinks that oh you know imagine how much my record sales or how much my downloads are gonna spike after i hang myself or after i kill myself so social media again like people it's it's not to be trashy it's not to be an asshole especially in moments like these i 
remember uh i think one or two days after chris passed i talked to my friend sal spinelli and we were like man what what the fuck right like it was so out of left field we were so sad about it and i'm grateful that i i got to see chris a couple of times once with Soundgarden and once with Temple of the Dog. And that Temple of the Dog was uh, the last show that they played in L.A. It was just a few months ago, and I had the chance to go with Sal. And um, it was an amazing experience to see, you know, to listen to one of the best singers of all time and see how those songs are still so alive. So a few days after... Chris's death, I talked to Sal, we kind of like, I don't know, man, it was so sad for us to be talking about that, and uh, I wrote a poem that later became a song, which I will be posting very soon when I, when I finish doing a little details to the mixing and mastering, I'm not going to do like a full band, it's just an acoustic song, but I posted that on my social media, and I got a lot of the messages were people thanking me because that poem or those lines that I wrote there helped them go through or process the death of Chris a little bit easier. They gave them a little bit of peace. And that is a huge fucking compliment. And believe me, I don't need it to come from Tom Morello or Eddie Vedder or any of the guys that Chris was ever in a band with. This is coming from people that grew in the 90s, that loved that music, that has the best memories of their lives throughout college, getting to meet their wives. And one of their wedding songs was probably a Soundgarden or an Audio Slave song. And... It means a lot to them, all those influences, because we create memories out of that music, out of those concerts and everything. And this guy in particular, this guy is married. He has four or five boys. This is a professional. This is not like just a loony guy. This is a professional guy, financially successful. His wife is two. He has five great kids, and he told me, thank you for doing this this makes it so much easier a lot of people like all the messages that i received from the poem were that it was people thanking for easing the pain for some people it's it's just not it's not easy because we cherish this these songs and these artists we take them so close and they're they're in our hearts they're in our hearts because they like I said, they help us make memories. They help us with inspiration when it comes to write music, listening to music. The concerts have that special sensation. And we really, th I mean, they live in our hearts and in our minds for everything that they did. Like I said, in some cases, they even helped us get away from that path of destruction or self-harm depression suicide etc so 
I want to tie this to the point I made a while ago with the social media backlashes some people throw out there. It's not about us. It's not me making his death about me. It's about how we connected with this person, even though we didn't. We never met him personally. Like, I never talked to any of these guys or anything. But the words, the rhymes, the melodies, everything that these guys put out there resonate in our lives and will always resonate. Especially if, you know, if you're a musician or a big music fan. But most importantly, these, these you know, these two two icons to man how badass both of these guys probably for me in the top five of most powerful vocalists they're both they're both in it i put them right up there with freddie with axel and man i don't know I don't know who who I who else would I put in on that top maybe Corey, Corey Taylor. I think those five guys are the most powerful rock vocalist that I've ever heard, at least. Um they were so versatile, they were inspirational, they were vulnerable, they were badasses. And, you know, overall the musicianship and whatnot i i i see this and i feel this as as a parent as a husband and as a friend and as a son you know to man to be to to do this it's to to go through depression and have the adulation of millions and millions of people around the world and to have great friends and a beautiful family and all of that really really can't appease the demons and the darkness of depression it i think it's time for us as a society to stop labeling depression as a fucking pest and start getting closer to people that we think are depressed or to really examine ourselves and be like all right do i suffer from depression is that what i why i'm sad and why i like to isolate why I don't like to talk to people and I'm in a bad mood or I'm down all the time and and get some help. Go out and, you know, use social media for that. Ask for help. Ask for help and start looking for options. Anything that can make you feel better, join, like I said, join a yoga studio, join a gym, a fitness club, a writer's club, create a writer's club. You never know who's out there that doesn't have the balls to come out it's maybe too ashamed because of the social stigma that depression and mental il illness have create you know or propose uh, a writers or a runners club for people that are suffering or struggling with uh, depression or mental illness and maybe you can get you know you can get a strong group and get people out there and you can push each other support each other and encourage each other to go through this and get over with it and you reach out if you're listening to this 
reach out, send me a message on Instagram or on Facebook and, and let's hook up, let's sit down, let's talk, let's do some meditation, let's do some yoga, let's go out and walk, let's go for a hike, let's, let's, let's really fight this how we have to fight it. Try to leave aside all the stupid big pharma fucking pills and let's just center on trying to rediscover yourself trying to go back to that childish playful and happy person that you once were because we were all kids once and we were all happy and playing innocent and not knowing what life was going to bring us in the future years so we can we can bring that we can bring that back to our lives we can be happy we can be good people we can be nice to each other um be be a better person too stop stop that whole assholey mentality that you have to be better than someone else instead of trying to step on people and talk them down or look down upon them encourage them bring them bring them to you hug them be compassionate and not only be compassionate towards other people be compassionate towards yourself be nice to yourself love yourself without if you don't or you can't love yourself you can't go out there and pretend that you love anybody else and it doesn't mean that you have to love yourself because you think you're better than someone else love yourself because you are you are a son you're someone's son or someone's daughter you're someone's friend you're someone's family or someone's sibling you are someone's boyfriend girlfriend husband or wife you're someone's parent you're someone's father someone's mother so go out there and start loving yourself take care of yourself breathe in breathe out let the good feelings come in compassion sympathy empathy let all the toxicity out let it all out on your excels get all the negative shit let all the darkness out push it out push it out and let the love in let the love in and then let the love out spread the love love each other take care of each other be fucking good if we are nice we can make this planet a so much nicer place so let's go out there not be assholes let's be nice let's be cool let's be good let's love let's love let's love peace i love you all stay tuned ciao ciao